What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. No complaints. How was the uh, bachelor party last week? Dude, it was it was so fun. I, but I'm I'm sl- I'm starting I'm starting to realize I'm old now, man. I can't bounce back. Yeah, it's, it took me like three days to just to get like sort of okay. Um, but dude, it was fun. We did the break room. I don't know if you ever done with like your like sledgehammers and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh dude, it is so so much fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, now we're now we're just moved in our new place. I finally got some stuff I can put up um, on my wall to make it look like not a just a random wall. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a nice little background back there. <laughs> yeah, dude. My uh, my when I was at the Super Bowl, they were giving away towels, and I was like, "Yeah, can I get some more towels?" And they're like, "Sure." <laughs> like, as like, many as you can get your hands on, right? <laughs> I was like, "I got you guys souvenirs." <laughs> so, right. Because <laughs> uh, everything else was like five hundred dollars. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, dude, you did your first pod by yourself. How'd that go? It sounded great to me. I did. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it was cool, man. You know, it, it was decent thing. We had a decent amount to talk about with Bryce being out. Um, a lot of uh, the sky is falling, so talking people off of a ledge and, and right. things of that nature. But I enjoyed it, man. I'm happy to have you back here and, and, and do our usual dynamic of back and forth rhetoric. Isn't it so much better to just like... Yeah, it's a lot easier, man. Just if nothing else, just be like, I can't talk. Talking for 20 minutes in a row is just... Yeah. Oh, it's oh, task. So exhausting. So exhausting. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Oh, man, yeah, let's just jump right in because um, I think we got, since we didn't do an early episode, that's mostly my fault. We're moving, my wife's pregnant, got back to the bachelor party and just wasn't really alive yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Life was happening, yeah. <laughs> so we'll put it all in one, uh, one show. So let's quickly recap uh, the uh, Seahawks game. In my opinion, it's so hard to take anything away because we just, all these injuries just happened, man. We were just getting... Yeah destroyed by injuries what do you think yeah man i mean that was the the main takeaway for me was just the decimation of this defense essentially by the injuries right Mm -hmm. we were already down shaq thompson coming into the game he's one of our spiritual leaders if not one of our actual on-field leaders um luckily they have Usay to name him as a team captain coming into the game he gets hurt with a hit pointer um, CJ Henderson was playing a really nice game. He he kind of had the the clamps and the seatbelt on DK Metcalf for the first quarter and a half of the game. And then all of a sudden he comes up with an ankle. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just one of those things, man, where it's a snowball effect right now. We, we've mm-hmm. had a couple of injuries and it just keeps on getting larger and larger. But the one thing though, that is important to note about that, the Seahawks had a lot of injuries too, coming into that game from, you know, yeah. legitimate players in impact right. positions. And their coaching staff and their players took it upon themselves to stand up to the task, right? Yeah. And and they played a good game. They they schemed it well. They accounted for what they did and didn't have on the field. And I think that's something that hopefully Frank Reich and the rest of our staff kind of learns from here is that everybody's got some shit going on right now in the NFL. Yeah. There just can't be excuses on every single corner that you turn. Right. We got to come out there and play the football game that we're playing, right? Um, yeah. Hope, hopefully, though, they did learn some things on offense. Uh, they threw the ball 58 damn times, so hopefully they figured out a couple of things that worked there. Yeah. Um, Bryce is hopefully back this week, which is a great thing. Um, I'm very excited about that. His first opportunity to play against a defense that actually allows a yeah. quarterback to gain some yardage. Um, 
but yeah, man, as far as week three, look, it, it is what it is. We, it was a very unbalanced game mm-hmm. on an offense approach. I cannot stand seeing 58 pass attempts to 14 rushes. What is going on, man? This isn't like Reich at all. It's, it's just not, you know, and, and you can say that we were trying to stay in the game, which is essentially how he phrased it, but we were yeah. up at the half, right? Right. And even into the third quarter, we were down by one score. Mm-hmm. There's just no reason to abandon the run that early, in my opinion. Yes. Well, when... and, 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 and also being so singular with that approach. Yeah. It's Miles Sanders or nothing. And we've got Chuba. It was another instance of Raheem Blackshear being a healthy scratch. That's already a little bit perplexing to me anyways. Yeah. Um, I, I get that our offensive line is struggling, so maybe that has something to do with it. But we're running a bunch of 11 personnel. If you need some extra blockers, it would be a great thing to throw 12 personnel out there and, and mm-hmm. use some of these tight ends that you're so in love with, right? That's yeah. what we hear about is how much he loves his tight end room, and yet we yeah. refuse to use them. Yeah, I, 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 I've gotten to the point where I just got to assume that we're the only reason that we – the only reason that we're not playing uh, even Cuba more or uh, Black Series pass blocking. That's the only thing I can think of. It's, it's – it's so, like you said, so perplexing that, that he's it's, it's not entirely uh, possible fine. that that would be the train of thought. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if you look at any kind of metrics, right. And I'm not a huge PFF guy. I think we all know that. Yeah. But from a PFF standpoint, Chuba is head and shoulders above Miles Sanders as a pass blocker. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's in there a lot on third downs. I mean, he's getting some usage on third downs as far as like a pass catcher and stuff. So they clearly don't have a distrust of him in pass blocking situations. Mm. Oh yeah, there's just no obvious reason why this dude isn't getting more opportunities when he's looked like the most explosive player. And I think that there's a chance that Miles Sanders isn't 100% right now. Um, he doesn't I said look like game, it. He doesn't, he doesn't look, look like man. He's no. got no burst behind his no. legs. He's very choppy with his feet. He's just not identifying holes and going, which is yeah. exactly the opposite of what Chuba was showing us in, in the Atlanta game and through preseason is that he's identifying and he's bursting. Yeah, I, I think that we've got to look at that, especially with the opponent that we have coming up and keeping them off the field. I, I really hope, man, that the cries for help don't keep falling on deaf ears. Yeah, yeah. And I, I going back to your point about like they were hurt, too. I think we had we had the right game plan. I think we came yeah. in fine. But losing Luvu, Henderson, Mingo, like all those guys in game, yeah. like that's what crushed oh, you, man. Yeah. You can get one person to come and kind of take over and help out in game, but man, we're we, we're just trying to get Wooten and Grujay Hill guarding these um, huge guys coming across the field. The right. tight ends just crushed us in the second half, and I think that was the difference in the game. Like, and, and that was without their that was without them having their second best tight end, Will Disley. You yeah. know, and I, I thought yeah. that that was going to be an advantage for us of, yeah. of Disley not playing. Was. I think it originally was, yeah. but. Yeah. Losing Luvu like really, really killed and uh, Woods because I think that that took uh, chin out of the yeah, Woods hurt. Yeah, and that, like all these little things just kind of that's what snowballed. I think is that all in game happened and right. we couldn't adjust on the fly. We're still a young team. Um, I, I actually there was a lot of things that I was encouraged about. Adam Thielen turned back the clock. That dude looked like yeah. Adam Thielen. I don't know. Yeah. whatever you did before that game, do it again because that's not the Adam Thielen we saw uh, week one. So, and you know, I, you know what else I really liked from Thielen too, man. To to piggyback off of that is when Dalton started improvising, Thielen was much more active in in finding open spaces. Uh, in the first two games, if you go back and you watch the film, when Bryce was scrambling, there was a lot of stagnant activity by the receiver. Yeah. 
field. There wasn't a whole lot of coming back or moving to the opposite side of the field to get to get separation and create yardage, right? I saw a lot of that with Thielen, and that was a couple of the big plays that Thielen connected on with Andy Dalton were on scrambles and improvisation and getting out of the pocket when he was creating. That's got to be a good thing to think of as a fan because Bryce Young excels in creating Mm -hmm. structure. So I, I do think that there was a benefit, man, to Bryce sitting and watching that game as much as I would have loved to seen him out there going up against that Seahawks defense, because I think that was a get right situation for this team. Um, I I think that the, the Vikings, they kind of present a very similar um, idea. You know what I mean? A similar opportunity for this offense. Yeah. And DJ Chark looks like DJ Chark again, man, that dude looks explosive. Yeah. and his second game back, right? So, like, yeah. that first game, he's, he's knocking off the rust a little bit, testing yeah. out to see. Maybe he's not even 100% in that Saints game, but we wanted him out there anyways as a field-stretching threat. Um, but he looked like he had it. And, and again, though, man, on some of those deep plays, that wasn't some giant separation that was created that we were throwing to him. Mm-hmm. That was his tracking ability and what Sean Jeffrey refers to, you know, as the dead hands, where he just comes at the very last moment and he pulls out this innate ability of grabbing that football where there's really not a whole lot of room to do that. Um, mm. I, I do really think that there were, like you said, some positives to take from that game. Mm. There still is just enough worry about everything else, man. Like the offensive yeah. line is really bad right now. Yeah. I mean, and we, we've got to improve on that. Like that's going to have to get tightened up, man. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this uh, is a uh, this line is a push though. I think we're I I don't think that we're dogs in this game. I'm, I, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen it recently. It was either a half a point, a point, or it's, it's even uh, an even okay. split. Because um, I was looking to to bet it if we were dogs, and I wasn't getting any a- good action. I know the money line is minus one ten, minus one ten. I haven't looked at the actual um, okay. um, the spread on it, uh, but that's as even as you can get. I mean, I guess they're giving us a home field advantage, but mm. with all of these dudes down. They still, I think, likes the Panthers a little bit. I think they saw some things too that they also liked um, that we, we we finally showed. So who knows? Because um, also the Vikings ain't great. So right. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. And I mean, that's true though, right? Like, okay, so let's get into what the the week four preview then, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah right, we right. talked about three that that game. We go. We're going to move on. We're going to look yeah. at that preview and and see yeah. what we have ahead. Um, yeah. But so we're looking at the Vikings, right? right. The obvious thing with them, they throw the ball a ton. Yeah. Like they are, they are a very um, proficient passing offense. From an offensive standpoint, they're fifteenth overall in points scored, third in total yardage, thirty-first in rush yardage. Um, but that's also because they're thirty-second dead last in the league in rush attempts, which makes sense because they throw the ball so damn much. Um, they have a terrible running back. <laughs> yeah, Alex Madison is not the guy, right? <laughs> now, we'll talk about that a little bit, though, because they've got a guy who's going to be active that they just got yeah, yeah. from the Rams, Cam Akers. So yeah, like, yeah. It, it will be interesting to see if they try to do something a little bit different this week. Mm-hmm. Um, second overall in pass yards, first in pass attempts, as we talked about, and they're 17th in sacks allowed on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Um, yeah, they get a, they get a, their offensive line is also beat up. Right, yeah. yeah. They, I mean, that's the thing. They've got Christian Darisau, who's a hell of a left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, remove him from the equation, and you're looking at what Garrett Bradbury maybe being the second best player on that offensive yeah. line. He's not a terrific guy, yeah. and and that's you know relatively speaking. But he's nobody that you're going to be afraid of. I know that I'm not concerned about Derek Brown having any struggles with him. I'm not concerned yeah, about Williams having a hard time with him. You know, I was say, that needs to be a Brown game. 
Brown needs yeah, to it's got to be, and, and and it's got to be an opportunity for Shy Tuttle to play a little bit better too, man, because yeah. he's been a disappointing uh, player so far as as far as a yeah. new acquisition. Um, defensively for the Vikings, now here's the silver lining, right? This is this is where we can have an opportunity and and be better this week. Twenty six in points allowed, twenty seventh in total yards allowed. They're nineteenth in rushing yards allowed, twenty fourth in pass yards allowed, and twenty eighth in pass yards per completion, which is important for us because when Bryce was in. He was having a really hard time manufacturing yardage per completion, right? I think he was mm. second worst after Anthony Richardson um, as far as like yards in the air per attempt. Um, and they're 21st in sacks. So where we have our deficiencies, mm. their defense seems to match up pretty decently for us. Yep. Um, the one thing that I do feel like they are going to do on the offensive side differently is I, will, I do think they're going to run the ball more. And, and it's something that you saw from Seattle, right? Seattle had a pass-heavier approach than run in the first two weeks. But mm-hmm. looking at our defense, they knew that we had a hole there. And they yeah. knew that they had an opportunity to do something. So they stuck with it. Even when they weren't being effective in week three, they continued to run the ball. Mm-hmm. That is something that we need to expect from the Vikings as well. Because our run defense right now has been just hemorrhaging yardage, man. We're allowing like 5.2 yards per carry, I believe. Yeah. And, 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 and we've allowed six rushing, and six rushing touchdowns already. Yeah. So, I mean, that, they know yeah. that that's a vulnerability for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we, and we, we got to stay on the field, man. We got to keep – we, we're, so, we're so weak at defense as far as depth. We yep. got we to get – we got to – get them off the field and we got to keep yep. them off the field for a little bit. That's what happens. We, I think we've had the lead or have been tied going to the half every single game. Yeah. And then we just, our defense just gasses out because our offense can't stay on the field. So yep. hopefully Sustained we get drives, man. Right. And that's, that's a commitment to the run, right? Yeah. Don't abandon it. Even if it's just for the sake of your defense, even yeah. if you're not generating crazy yardage, stick with it for your defensive guys. It, and that's what blows my mind. It's just so unlike Frank, Wright. He's like yeah. one of the, Run heaviest coaches in the in the league, mm-hmm. or it was. I, I, just, I just don't know what's what's happening. What the idea behind it is, because right. um, I know McVeigh that doesn't run the ball a lot. Uh, so right. I don't know if it's a, a Brown kind of. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And and I, I kind of want some answers. Yeah, <laughs> would like them to tell me why. Um, yeah, that would that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, but it, it it just it just doesn't feel right. It feels weird. It's just. Every, I, I, I mean, I dove so much, so deep, and I can't believe how deep I dove into Frank Reich's history uh, in the yeah. past. Um, but they, it, it, he's always had this one, like, bell cow back that was just, like, heavy, 20 carries a game. Um, and then you had that, like, scat back um, that it almost felt like, you know how uh, the they have Montgomery and Gibbs in, in, yeah. in Detroit? Yeah, yeah. It almost felt like that we were going to have that, and I, I almost thought that Chuba was going to be, like, you know, we we talked about AJ Dillon kind of role, which is wolf, uh, but AJ Dillon yeah. kind of uh, role for him, and then then we would give Miles Sanders five six catches a game. Right. It's just I I don't know what this offense is. It looks so. And weird Sanders and Sanders is at least being involved in the pass game, right? Like that is yeah. something that we've seen come to fruition. Um, but yeah, so like our offense, right? Let's just let's look at the the ranks for that then, because yeah. we're twenty fourth in points scored, twenty first in total yardage, eighteenth in rush yards. 20th in pass yards, but we're second in pass attempts. And so that's very skewed because of that big day from Andy Dalton last week, right? That was 58 pass attempts in one game. So that changes that statistic a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. 
31st in average yards per completion. That's what we were just talking about. That's something that we're going to have to improve upon, especially playing against a dynamic offense like the Vikings. I don't, I, yeah, we want to control the time of possession, but as far as dinking and dunking them to death, I don't know that that approach is going to work because if they get out to more than a one score lead, we're going to be in trouble, man. And that's what happened with the Seahawks. The minute that they put that foot on the gas and they, they took it higher than six or eight points away from us, we panicked, man, and became entirely one dimensional. And we're not talented enough on the perimeter to do that right now. We've uh, got it every game. We, we every we, game, man. Every game that we like, we've given up a. We get that one interception for Bryce. Yeah, he goes out and throws three more passes than that. Like right. three and out again. It's like right. Why don't you get like take some pressure off of your rookie quarterback, man? It's, yep. it, it just doesn't. And this is like me being a nobody, stupid. Uh, podcast guy. Yeah, podcast <laughs> guy. Whatever. Yeah. Um, they got some of the smartest coaches in the league on that on that um. Uh, coaching staff. Right. What am I missing? What, like what? Right. Do, what do I not see? Right. And and the last stat that I'll bring up that I do want to note, we did it for the Vikings, but I also want to note it because I want to talk about the defensive approach for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We're twenty first in sacks allowed on offense. Um, defensively, where I'm just going to get into these real quickly, and then I want to go back and talk about that defensive scheme for Minnesota. Defensively, for the Panthers, we're twenty fifth in points allowed, thirteenth in total yardage allowed. 27th in rush yards allowed. And that's again, what we were just kind of alluding to that. That's going to be a point of emphasis for Minnesota. We're ninth in passing yards allowed with fourth in pass attempts against us. That also was skewed because of Atlanta game, right? They threw mm-hmm. 18 pass attempts. Like we knew that yep. that was a run heavy thing. And, and the Seahawks did commit to the run as well last week. Like it's weird. It's a thing. Yeah. Weird. Right? It's like coaches that are watching film that are saying, Hey, look, there's an exploiting or an area to exploit. Let's take advantage of that, right? Even if it's not their bread and butter, man. It's like, it's it's adaptability, man. And understanding, reading a room and seeing it and saying, here's the opportunity. Let's try that before we fall back into our old ways, right? Like, just just try something, man. Um, and, then, and then defensively, we're seventh in sacks, which is a nice surprise for us. I didn't foresee um, a ton of early success generating sacks with Marquise Haynes out and all of that kind of stuff. So this mm. has been a really nice defensive. I think that Evero has gotten a lot out of this defensive unit. He really, so he has been so impressive. Yeah. I, I really really think think that he's been that. a great hire, man. Yes. He is excellent. Especially with the, the number of freak. If you say the first three quarters of every single game, we right. look like a top 10 defense. Right. We just gas out, man. We just agreed. We, we just lose time of possession and they just yep. run the rock over and yep. over and over. And we just, we don't have depth right now. We can't, right. we can't do it. And Evero's going to have his hands full. Fantastic. Evero's been great, man. And I, I, yeah. I do think that that's worth noting weekly is that yeah. he has absolutely performed up to the billing of being yeah. a top defensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Um, He's got his hands full because the Vikings have scored touchdowns on nine of 11 of their scoring plays. And that's a league high 81.8% rate. Um, mm. Now they also though are going to give us an opportunity to do something that we haven't done a lot of, and that's create turnovers because they've turned yeah. the ball over on 24% of their possessions. And that's 31st yeah. in the league. So we do have an opportunity to steal possessions from that Vikings team. In my opinion, um, they're going to try to do the same to us with their defensive coordinator. Um, man, super heavy on the blitzes. Like, yeah, Flores. Yeah, yeah, Brian Flores. Um, who I I really do like as a defensive coordinator. I Great. think he's got yeah. a really aggressive scheme. Um, 
he was a name that I was pretty high on the opportunity or the possibility of him coming here to Carolina as well. Yeah. Now, when I talk about being blitz heavy, it, the crazy thing is just how blitz heavy they are, though, right? Mm. They yeah. blitz on a league high 63.9% of opponent dropbacks. Mm-hmm. The league average is 27%. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that is a gigantic disparity between what they do. But here's the, here's the thing for us, though, right? Here's our pink cloud. They only get pressure on 31.6% of those blitzes, and that's mm. 28th in the league. The league average mm-hmm. for getting pressure on blitzes is 43.9%. So yeah, it's you know it's coming. Like, yeah, right. And it yeah. was almost like what Evero was doing a little bit in Denver last year. He yeah. blitzed on over 60% of the, of the snaps, I believe. It was right around that 60% clip. They weren't generating a ton of actual pressure from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What he does differently than Evero is he doesn't do as much of the coverage disguises. So we're going to be able to, we have this giant brain coming back to play quarterback for us this week. He's going to be able to identify some of this stuff. I'm hoping mm. that he can see some of these coverages. He can identify the guys coming off of the line as extra attack and say, there's my opportunity. I'm going to take that shot. After mm. seeing last week, what they were able to do with DJ Chark, and even I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is going to get involved in some of those deep, deep shots. Hopefully Mingo's back, to. too. Yeah, and, and man, I'm going to be good, too. Uh, see, I, you don't think so? Nah, like, I'm going to be completely honest, man. We, there has been a lot of talk about people saying that we should sit Bryce and let him learn for a little bit, right? Let him learn the offense sitting and watching. I think that there's a serious case to be made that Mingo is the offensive rookie that could really benefit by sitting down and watching the game and learning a little bit because his route running is is pretty That's atrocious so, right now. Yeah. It, it's I, bad, man. He's, he's running pretty aimlessly. Um, now, we're also not doing a, a ton of favors by scheming up like we've talked about multiple times, and I talked about it on the the solo episode last week, they've got to figure out a way to use him in a different role, man. Like, we yeah. talk about LaVisca yes. Chenault in that Debo role. That should be Mingo. Mingo should be getting a lot of these shifts and motions. Mingo should be getting looks even out of the backfield where you shift him out and then put him in a quick motion. He's in a full sprint. Get him some momentum. Take advantage of the fact that he's a bowling ball once he gets the ball, right? Yeah. That's that's where we need to get him confident, man. And And until they do that or until they want to do that, I'm not sure that he's helping the offense as much as he could be actually hurting it at times. Yeah, I think we were. Um, I, so when I say look good, I mean he looked good as a asset. Yeah, but I agree yeah, yeah. with you. And I think it has. This is going to be another different players, but this is kind of like a. I think Mingo's going to be like a two-two Atwell, where it just didn't, for Atwell it just didn't click like little things like no when to go back shoulder, no when to cross the safety, no like you know you, the little things like that you. You go upfield versus going like run a green route versus yellow route versus like knowing those things being on the right page with Bryce. And I think he's missing those tiny things. And right. those are the things that lead to turnovers. And that's right. what we can't do. And I just think that it's taking him a while to learn. And I think that's why we can't do a lot of the, the pre snap stuff because you got to know where to be. You got to make, right. you got to make sure you're covering the tight end sometimes. Like all these kinds of uh, different things that he has to know the nuances of. And I think it's sure. taking him a while to learn how to be an NFL receiver. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree on that. And he's, He's been out there a little bit more than you would anticipate for a guy who's struggling, but that's also because of the way that he's pretty solid in run blocking. Um, mm-hmm. And and I still think that that's a place where Terrace Marshall Jr. can provide the same level of play. Mm-hmm. And I and I would just really like to see what Terrace can bring if Mingo is having this much of a hard time. I think that if you have the dynamic of DJ Chark as the deep attack, um, you have Thielen out there as the route technician in the intermediate levels. Let Terrace kind of be that wild card, right? Let him let him run 
the variety of routes. Let him keep the defense on their toes because this is a big guy that also has speed, that also has toughness once he gets the ball. He's got yard after catchability as well. Maybe not to the same extent that Jonathan Mingo is known for, but this dude isn't some like plodding receiver that once he gets the ball, he just trips over his own feet and falls down. There's a dynamic there with him as well, and I I would like to see that get involved. But I, I don't think that we find any success in this passing game if we don't commit to the run game and yeah, allow us yeah. to open up play action and and incorporate more motion into the offense. You know, last week we ran play action concepts on 6% of snaps. Mm. That's terrible, man. And like the reason that it had to be that way is because we weren't running the ball. There was zero threat on on our side of I the I feel like every time you say that, it's a little... Yeah, I know. It's yeah. like shivers down, right? Because it's, yeah. it's one of those things that if we're understanding it, I promise you that competent defensive coordinators like Brian Flores are understanding that as well. If you want to beat a well-coached team, and I'm not sure that the Vikings are well-coached, but they've got a smart coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to beat that kind of a chess match, you're going to have to change up your strategy. You can't come into it with the same old, same old gray outlook. It has to be something different. You got to get Chuba involved. Um, we talk about the personnel situation with the tight ends. 11 personnel were on like 93% of the time. Yeah, you got to get two tight ends out there, man. And it, yeah. it's not Ian Thomas, dude. Get Tommy Tremble out there. Ian Thomas is supposed to be this dominant blocking tight end. And I think he did have a period of time where I probably would have put him as like a top five blocking tight end in the league, right? For like a year. That's where he got his money. Yeah. That's where he got his contract. He's not doing that right now. Yeah. In the opportunities that he's getting, even just as a blocker, he's struggling, man. And like some of the motions that we want to run and, and use that tight end in that block, he doesn't have the lateral agility to execute those at a high level. Tommy Tremble does. And Tommy Tremble is also going to be up for his contract negotiations at the end of next year. We should be evaluating, if we're truly in this rebuild like they want to talk about us being in, we should be evaluating players that have a possibility of being in this team's future plans. Yeah. Ian Thomas, in my opinion, just isn't that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, man. It's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's so frustrating. And, and we say all of this though, man, but it's like, we have a winnable game this week against the Vikings. We, we still have a, I, with Derek, I mean, I, I talk crap about Derek Carr, Derek Carr going down. Falcons. I think the Falcons kind of, I, I should have expected it more from Falcons. The, I mean, these teams are old, right? Falcons yeah. are old. Um, the Saints are old. They're going to play well the first few games. There's still only two games ahead of us, and we still play both of them again. These, well, and the Falcons on offense division. The Falcons on offense no, yeah, they defensively. Have, but yeah. they have an identity, right? And maybe that's yeah. kind of what you mean when you say, like, the older two. These teams know what they are. Like, yeah. coming into the season, the Falcons knew, Arthur Smith knew that he was going to run the football. That's mm-hmm. the only thing Arthur Smith knows. He knows not to shave above his lip, and he knows to run the football. Like, <laughs> those are two things that he has as a certainty in life. Um, the, yeah. the Buccaneers knew that they wanted to rely on their defense, right? And they and they wanted to limit what Baker was going to do, but that, that they had outside weapons to take advantage of opportunities. Yeah, The Saints were the same way. They had a veteran quarterback that they trusted, whether we like him or not. They had an approach that they wanted to go with. They wanted to run the ball. They want to rely on their defense. This Panthers team doesn't know yet what we're trying to do. And if mm-hmm. that's not more evident by throwing the ball 58 times in a close game, I don't know how else to explain it to you. I, yeah. I think that once we're able to identify that and kind of hammer down this team identity, then I think you can start having a consistent approach on a weekly basis, right? Yeah. 
I also want to just like let's just get let's just get some energy in there. Also, yeah. Let's just let's put Deshaun Williams, uh, uh, Jameson in. Let's just do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's just do it. Let's just let's like influx this. Like let's get uh, Jamie Robinson just go hit somebody as hard as he can and maybe knock himself out for two games. But like, just, Man, doesn't it doesn't it worry you though? Doesn't it doesn't it make you nervous though? The prospect of Jamie Robinson playing after seeing him just get toasted with that spin, yeah. move, that awful slow spin move, <laughs> and now you're talking about Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson being deployed in front of him. Like, look, don't get me wrong, man. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I think at some point you got to just throw some of this shit to the fire. Else, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally, man. And, and you've got this young team, so kind of. play them. Yeah. yeah. And you're right, though, man, from an energy standpoint. And that's why I want to see more creativity on offense. Yeah. Let these guys start having some fun, right? And yeah. you saw it from you saw it from Chark last week, man. When he Ooh. scored that touchdown, Ooh. that touchdown celebration was one of just like built-up uh, up energy, ready to let loose and show everybody, hey, we don't completely suck. We are better than what these last – 120 minutes of football have made us look like, right? Yeah, dude. I, I texted Coach D. I was like, let's go. Hell yeah, man. That's right. Like that's oh, it's man. a it's a great welcome back. And it is something to be optimistic about is DJ Chark with Bryce Young. They had a great rapport and connection throughout the summer. So I do mm-hmm. look for them to take advantage of that in this opportunity for the for once. They're gonna have a lot of pressure coming Bryce's way. So he's gonna have to make some quick identifications and some quick decisions. And, and give his playmakers opportunities to make those plays. Talk about the blitz rate for Minnesota, man. Carolina's not great at stopping pressure either. Like, we've allowed yeah. pressure on 45.5% of our dropbacks, and that's 28 yeah. in the league. So it, it is going to be a, a strength of theirs against a weakness of ours. But we have a couple of those situations for them too. So I, I think that this is an opportunity for us to open it up, man. Similarly, to what we did against Seattle, not not to the full extent. Run the damn ball! Like I want to see at yeah. least twenty rush attempts from running backs. I don't. Right. I don't want to see. Look, man. Everyone wants Lavisca to get more involved. I'm cool with that. Like if if the opportunity arises for him to get involved and run some of his gadget looks, I have no problem with that. He's a dynamic player. He's a limited dynamic player, though. Right, right. right. Yeah. He, he can't do more than two or three tricks at a high level. Right. So I don't want to sit here and plan too much into the, the game plan for LaVisca Chenault when we're not using Hayden Hurst. We're not using Tommy Trimble. We're not using Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, yeah. Terrace Marshall Jr. These are guys that I think are integral focal points of an offense. LaVisca yeah. is somebody you come in and you're like, all right, now that you're exhausted from having Chuba and Miles run down your throat, you know what I mean? Now all of a sudden we're going to bring out this end-around double motion LaVisca Chenault on a wide receiver sweep, right? Yeah. So we, yeah. And there's another thing about this that we need to get. And I, I it, it seems so simple to me. And that's why I'm, I'm still not like really understanding what we're doing. Like with, uh, yo, Kobe, you gotta get out of here with that. Kobe. Come here. Your dog trying to get on the podcast, man. Yeah. Can you hear, you can hear in the back. You know, I heard it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll forget background noise later. Sorry guys. You won't actually hear this. I'm just me ramp vamping about my invisible dog that doesn't exist. Um, uh, um, so you saw with Andy Dalton. So we have uh, backup guards, and Zavala is is just not a great uh, pass blocker. It just it doesn't seem like he's there yet. He had a rough it's time, better. man. Yeah, yeah, he had a rough. So time. so they're, they're and they and they see this. You can watch it in the games. They're yeah. they're bringing pressure up the middle. They're because right. also Bozeman's not a great pass blocker. The only reason, the only way you can kind of keep them honest is to run the ball. 
That's right. We got to, we were able to get it out fast because Andy Dalton is so large and he can see over these guys and you can see this coming. Cause usually I feel like a lot of uh, quarterbacks like it when they're coming because you can see them coming. Right. And then you can go outside the pocket. And usually people try to come from the outside. It's the easier way. Cause you want to make them kind of come in and collapse the pocket. Right. But these guys are bringing pressure uh, up the middle because of how weak we are up front. You got to move Bryce out because Bryce just can't see over these guys. And I don't want to make it about him being small or anything. But when Andy Dalton was in there, easy, easy. He can still see the entire field without guys. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton's like 6'2", maybe, 6'1 and a half. He's not like a a huge in stature kind of guy. And I think that Bryce can see over it just fine, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but like if you think of where his release points are compared to Dalton's release points, and maybe it's a, a poise thing, I don't know. But it seemed like he was able to see guys come open in the middle of the field way better than Bryce has has been. Granted, he also has more people getting open than Bryce had getting open earlier too. I wish we, we, I think we need to roll out Bryce a lot more, a lot more bootleg kind of kind of things to to get him time first of all, and then second of all, um, for him to be able to see the field correctly. Yeah, I I just need the coaches to do. One thing, and then one of the more um, one of the analysts and evaluators that I respect more than most is Matt Waldman, and he has a, a great thing that he always says about you don't get the player for the scheme, you scheme to the player, right? And I think that that's something that I really do need to see out of Frank Reich in this offense is instead of trying to just run your scheme, which he said at the beginning of the year when he was hired that that wasn't his intention here. He wasn't going to be stubborn Mm. and run this same thing that he always does. Like he he loves what Bryce Young brings. He loves what Thomas Brown has from an offensive scheme standpoint. I want to see some of that incorporated a little bit more. And I want to see him play Bryce's strengths. Maybe seeing Andy Dalton out there doing some of that creating, knowing that he's not even at the level of Bryce Young athletically and things like that. Maybe that is enough for them to say, okay, we're going to implement some new looks, right? We're going to try some new things. And don't give me that it's too hard to implement new ideas into an offensive strategy from a weekly game plan standpoint either, because we're seeing the Bengals implement these quick full speed motions and stuff like that. Just last week, these are, these are young coaches that don't want to be left behind. Hey, there he is. There's that dog. They don't want to be left behind on these tendencies, right? It's, it's great to come up with a new trend and to, and to nail something like that and to be an innovator, but it's, almost worse to be last to that party, right? Make sure that you aren't being left behind just because you believe so much in what used to work in 2019. Yeah. 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 I, I, I never thought that the entire year, the one thing that I would say I'm worried about is the coaching. It, yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. And maybe it gets better. I just, I, cause I know there, I know they have reasoning behind the things that they do. And I know I'm an, a, a nobody podcast guy, uh, but it, I, I, I can't. I, I've tried. I can't make well, sense. Tell us too short, short, man. Like Kitty Lip Podcast, <laughs> we're we're wide known, man. We're going to be international. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll probably be hosting a pregame in Germany for the Panthers and Chiefs. Yo, like, who knows, man? I'm I'm just saying, don't sell. My dad's a Chiefs fan. I, t- I was talking about that. Germany. See? 
Hey, Papa Brian, go ahead and hook us up with a couple of tickets first class. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna um, I'm gonna talk to uh, who's the German guy, the German uh, Panther guy. I think he listens to us sometimes. I'll I'll, I'll tag him uh, and we'll, we'll go ahead and start talking about that because it sounds a lot of, like a lot of fun. Well, that's off to a great start. Hey, who's that German guy that listens? Yeah, yeah, no, but he's like the German Panther guy. Like that's the best thing. That's like he's like I think it's the two of those guys. It's like they're. Yeah. They like watch it from Germany, um, and all their stuffs in German. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll reach out to him because I think he follows us. So isn't um, that a wild concept, man? When you're yeah. in Germany and things are in German, yeah, crazy world we live in. <laughs> it's just weird to me. It's just weird that they have like fans of like the Carolina Panthers in Germany. Yeah. Well, the NFL does a really good job with these international initiatives. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're talking about putting a team over in Europe permanently. Yeah. I don't know how logistically that works, but yeah. anyways, pineapple. Sorry, we went yeah. way off there. I was. Really, just trying to joke around about not selling a short man, but oh, but I, no, I just got yeah, yeah, I went off the rails then. <laughs> I guess we, have, we do have a cool logo, so maybe that's why they like that's it. right, that's it. Um, uh, yeah, I think we're still saying the same point over and over again because I wanted to be positive because I am excited and we, we have a yeah. really good chance of winning this game. Uh, not yeah. a really good chance, but a chance, I mean, a, a, but a realistic, a, a realistic take, yeah. a realistic chance. Yeah. Um, so and, and, I, that's, and that's the thing, like you said, you want to be optimistic because I do believe that there is a realistic chance of winning this game. Um, going into week one and week two, I think I felt that we should have won those games. Right. All three of them. I thought we I don't necessarily feel like we should win this game yeah. on Sunday, but I think we can. And mm. sometimes that almost makes you more dangerous when you're not necessarily supposed to win a game, but you have the internal belief that you can win that football game. Right. So I'm hopeful that the team is looking at this the same way that we're talking about it, where Man, Minnesota's this dynamic passing team. We know that we're down in the secondary. We know that we're hurt. I really hope that this Panthers team is taking all of that personal, using it as some bulletin board material. You know, let's let's show a little bit of gumption in week four. Come out, let's run the ball down their throat. I think that that's a, a, a thing that has to happen. If we mm-hmm. cannot establish that run game, I think we're in for another long game. Yeah. And you just, I mean, you got guys like uh, DJ Chark in there. He's like, guys, we were, uh, last year, they were, what, Seven, uh, seven and seven or no, no, they were, yeah. um, Talking about the they? Lions, yeah, like four and seven, and they, yeah. you know, went up six and one. The right. Bon Bell was on the Bengals, and they started off zero and two, and then they went to the AFC Championship game. Right, they got guys that have Frank Reich has started off the season one and five as head coach and went to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, I mean, it's there is history on this team of players yeah. that have been in these positions, coaches that have been in these positions. Not all is lost here, and they hate I, losing. These guys, these guys don't lose football games. Right. Like Von Bell doesn't lose. Like he doesn't know what that is. So he's he won his believe. own career, right? Yeah, yep. you better believe. Bryce Young ain't used to losing. They're, no man, they got too much pride. I think they're going to come out and 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 they'll be they'll be on fire to begin with. We just got to make sure we execute the entire game. Hey, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you too. I really just want Bryce Young to come out and show the hell out so that I don't have to hear. Chris Sims dumbass say anything else about Bryce Young. I've had about as much as I can take of Chris Sims and Bryce Young lately, man. Like it is just ridiculous. I, I want Bryce Young to succeed for Bryce Young and for me and for the rest of Panthers nation. But there honestly is now this little sliver that's carved out in my brain of man. I just want Chris Sims to eat shit so badly, man. Like you remember what was his stepbrothers where he made him eat the white dog shit. Yeah. yeah. I just want Chris Sims to have to eat the white dog shit, to be completely honest, man. God, I hate that guy. Sorry. I know. Yeah. 
Let's get back. You really like to do a score prediction now, if you want. You, you look like you want to punch him in the face. You really like you want to punch him in the face. Bingo. That's it. See? Yes, there it is, man. All right. <laughs> you know, it's good for that. Uh, if you eat my butthole. <laughs> yes, exactly. Somebody please just play that clip to Chris Sims. Oh, um, uh, I think this is going to be an over game. I think, I think, man, I think you're right. I think that, uh, I think Bryce does come out and show up, show us something. And I'm just going to be optimistic. I, I'm, let's just say. Twenty-seven, twenty-four, Panthers for me. Okay, I like it, and I have given two Panther wins, one loss in predictions so far. This Minnesota game was one at the beginning of the year that I tabbed as a win for the Carolina Panthers. I hate to change that, but I'm mm-hmm. going to. I'm going to say that this one is a high-scoring game. I'm going to go thirty-four, twenty-seven, Minnesota. And I, I, the reason the reason I, I do that, man, is I just think that we're going to really struggle against their pass catchers. I, I really just have a hard time seeing anybody sticking with Justin Jefferson. When, no matter mm-hmm. what defensive schemes we run, coverage, disguises, anything like that, Justin Jefferson's going to get his opportunities, and he's better mm-hmm. than everybody we have on the defensive side of the football. Um, yeah. Jordan Addison, I think, being the secondary guy, I think that's just dangerous as shit, too. TJ Hawkinson is very, very good. And Kirk Cousins, man, he'll give you some opportunities, but he'll also create his own as well. So I think we have a hard time stopping him, but I do think that Bryce and this offense put together some points and some, and some fruitful drives. There's just something in me that's saying that these guys are going to look like a different... You kind of saw that shift a little bit. I think yeah. the injuries killed us. But there's something that shifted this past game. Yep. Where that, they were just like... They wanted it. And they, I feel like the first two games are kind of just figuring it out. They're like, oh, I don't know. Yep. And then I think, I think, man, Luvu going out, I think, was the biggest kill of it all. Uh, yep. and Mingo, I think, didn't really change a lot. Uh, Wood, yeah, I, think I think you're really talking about Luvu should be able to play. I know he missed practice, but I thought that they said that they weren't worried about his status coming in. It looked, like he it looked like he could have come back in um, and played. I think I think they were just being really cautious. Yeah, those hip pointers were super painful. So, I mean, yeah. it, was, it was likely just a, that's not going to work for the rest of today. Yeah. I I just feel like the energy are gonna be back in Bank of America. It just feels like they're just gonna say, uh-uh, it, it's it's a um it's a Adam Thielen revenge game. Adam Thielen wouldn't talk to somebody and dude it, it's almost like he just doesn't look worried. Like so, yeah. and he, I know he I know like he's he's a proud guy. Like he's not gonna he's but he doesn't look pissed. Like they I think they all are still bought in. And I yeah, think I think you're right. I think it's an insane I, amount of energy. Yeah, no, I, I I feel that, man. And I hope that you're right. And and look, if I'm wrong on the prediction, that will be one of the happiest I'll be to be wrong in my life, right? Like, yeah. I am yeah. all good being yeah. wrong and the Panthers winning. I don't want to be wrong when I choose them to win. So if this becomes a thing where yeah. all I have to do is pick them to lose and we can start winning, I'll pick them to lose every single game, man. Personal record yeah. doesn't matter to me as long as the Panthers record starts, you know, materializing. Yeah, it is hard for me to say that the, the Vikings will go 0-4. That's tough, but man, it's, I, it, I don't know what it is. It's like, I'm more, I'm worried. All the, all the fans are worried. Yeah. Understand it. And these guys are just like, kind of still. We're like, we're okay. I, I think. Yeah. I, it, it's, and it's just, it's, it's weird. It's weird that they, they, they're like that, but man, they, they came out on fire. And I think the injuries just kind of killed us. But I think they're all going to rally around Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen has a humongous day, probably about what he had last week. 
Um, and then I think I think I want to I want to see one big Terrace Marshall jump ball downfield where he high points it for fifty yards and yep. just mosses somebody. Yep. And I just Love think I want Bank of America to just go crazy. Where I yep. thought and I, I was sort of right about the Luvu in uh, Saints, but I thought he was going to have that for a touchdown because he had two right. sacks. I think right. he um, caused a turnover or something like that. Uh, and I think this is going to be the, on the offensive side. And I think there's going to be this one huge play yep. that's going to just ignite the whole everybody. So hopefully that's it. I'm I'm overly optimistic, probably, but um, nah. it, it's more of a it's more it's not less about how I feel, but these guys going on TV and just being like, all right, yeah, we good. Yep. What you're with three? We'd be you're good. No, we're good. Right. No, okay, we're good. <laughs> I'm not the panic, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look, uh, yeah. I, I, I expect some electricity. I expect it for me myself, just be like super pumped up about whatever's going on. Yeah. And I just hope that the, at the end of the game they don't uh, blow it because the Vikings have enough firepower to to do that. Uh, but cool, man. Yeah, I don't mean to vamp on any, any longer. Uh, I think this. Uh, I think we're kind of saying the same thing. We're just waiting. We're waiting to see what you guys are doing well like what you're doing and yeah i hope i hope i hope they just show it and that's i hope they show it to me sooner because i'm impatient <laughs> yeah no just just unload the clip right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. all right y'all well, let's go panthers uh we probably won't be back on until tuesday so until then panther nation enjoy thursday night football and keep pounding keep pounding <laughs>